fellas, don't drink that coffee. Edition the Percolator, a podcast about the television show Twin Peaks. I'm your host, Sean O'Donnell. My co-host is Dallas McLaughlin. Dallas, how are Hi, you? Please don't use my last name. <laughs> <laughs> Dallas, I, I got this off the internet. You're an, an actor. You're, you're a writer. Wait, no, tell me if this is right. You're an actor, a writer, a stand-up comedian. You're currently the host of Film in Diego on KPBS in San Diego. Yeah. Is that, is that all true? Yeah, and you can watch full episodes online at kpbs.org. Uh, you can watch those from anywhere in America. And I was in the band Yellow Card. All right, yeah. so... Um, briefly, that briefly. Was, that was my bio. So, um, do you Sean, have a... That's not that's not correct. You are an award-winning musician. <laughs> Is that uh, true? Yeah, you won. I've seen you win <clears throat> awards. Uh I don't remember. Did I win some awards? Okay, I won. I I won some San Diego Music Awards. I'm very and, proud of those. And we won an award. You and I both won a writing award from the uh, Actors Alliance in San Diego. We're already off track. This okay, point. sorry. <laughs> Where, the point is, the point is, we're both award-winning people, and you, and you get to listen to us. So, so you should keep listening. Um, where, uh, let's see, where can we find you on the on the interwebs other than the KPBS site you listed? Yeah, like a Twitter. I just don't get how you're belittling the biggest thing in my life. <laughs> uh, Look, I'm I know on, you're on TV and stuff, but how can we follow you on Instagram? This guy, uh, I'm on Instagram. Really, I'm on Instagram at Dalskips. That's D A L S K I P S. Dalskips, and then I'm on Twitter at Dallas underscore MC. That's great. You can. It is. Uh, <laughs> it is great, Sean. My. Okay, my Twitter is at Sean T. O'Donnell, S-E-A-N-T-O-D-O-N-N-E-L-L. That is such, there's so many letters. Yeah, and, but really uh, you just say Donald and people get it, right? No. What? Unless you're Donald Logue. And then, what are you oof. talking about? We, our, our podcast has a Twitter too. It's uh, at PercolatorPod, P-E-R-C-O-L-A-T-O-R-P-O-D. Oh, dude, table on death, bro. You can follow us there and you can find us at dishinthepercolator.com. So um, the whole premise behind this is that this show is one of my favorites. And you're a a friend who likes television, but you've never, ever seen this show before. Is that correct? I've never never seen Twin Peaks ever in my life. And why do you think, like, you're not someone who is unfamiliar with entertainment. Like, of all of my friends, you're one of the ones who, like, has probably seen the most movies, maybe even seen the most TV. So I'm curious why... Like, this never came across uh, your path. Well, some would say I'm one of your only friends that it actually gets makes their living from TV. Um, actually, of, of my friends, no, I, I think you're probably like, most of my friends make their living from TV. Okay, which great. means I, have, I don't have many friends, and they're very lucky to be <laughs> in, in the, and very talented, but... Let's just say I make half of a living from KPBS, and my wife works really hard. Okay, let's say that. Uh, I haven't watched Twin Peaks 
here's the thing about Twin Peaks is that um, it came out at a time. Do you do you know the exact year? I think it was ninety ninety one was the years it was on, right? Yeah, it aired uh, ninety was when it first aired. So I was, you know, I'm thirty five now. I was ten and ten ish, eleven ish, at at oldest twelve by the time the show was off the air. Yeah. So it wasn't like a you know there was no reason for me one as a ten year old to be like Twin Peaks. That sounds cool. Um, not that there's anything wrong with it, but also I, I, you know, we both grew up pretty in pretty religious homes. Am I wrong? No, you're right. So my mom was very, but she was very uh, controlling over the TV. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't allowed to watch anything. Like past ten o'clock, she would stay up late watching Silk Stockings uh, and Renegade because she loved Lorenzo <laughs> Lamas. <laughs> but Silk, I wasn't allowed. Silk Stockings was kind of racy, right? Like that was. Oh. Sean, the show's called Silk Stockings. (laughs) It was the raciest. I'm looking forward to doing a Silk Stockings podcast with you after this. I I can't wait. We'll watch every episode. A lot of pausing. Um, (laughs) But there was... But, like, so, you know, I wasn't really... Twin Peaks was probably a show that I was never even going to be allowed to watch. And my mom definitely wouldn't have watched it. That was not her wheelhouse. So then why, like, you know, it's been... Many One years week? since Sorry. it's been on Netflix. It's been on Netflix. I I lived with you when I think a roommate had all of them on VHS. I mean, mm-hmm. I get like for instance, I actually did see it as a kid. I for whatever reason, someone had it on in the season one finale, and I watched that, and I was like, oh, I'm really into the show. Even and I was 11. I mean, like it probably shouldn't have happened, but I was like kind of hooked into it. Um, <laughs> but I'm just curious why later on you never. I, I, um, I, by the way, when you're 11 and you're like really into David Lynch, you know that your path is going to be different than most of the kids you go to sixth grade with. I realized that early. Um, but I'm just curious why maybe like, you know, in your 20s, whenever you had a chance later on to watch it, it, it just never popped up for you. Well, if another just a quick sidebar to that. <laughs> Not really a sidebar, but what, another reason why I never got into Twin Peaks is because for some reason at a... At an early age. Because you hate me and you just... <laughs> yeah, I just didn't really like you. And I also really hated the format of VHS. Okay. So Wait, when what? we lived together and those two things were together... That's not true. You had more VHS cassettes than anyone I knew. Oh, and I still have most of them. And yeah. my wife hates it. She wants yeah. them all gone. But how can you throw away two copies of Blazing Saddles on VHS? One's the anniversary edition. What's in the anniversary edition? Oh, they have a great scene at the end of the movie because did you know that when Blazing Saddles was originally aired on television, they took out all the farts during the bean scene? <laughs> no. Yeah, because it was deemed too like controversial. So, so that's, they show, the, that's the anniversary edition? They show that scene originally as and it aired just, on TV. And, and it's, it's just, just quiet? <laughs> just them lifting their butts in the air. Oh, that's great. It's almost funnier, but um, we've we've gotten way off topic. Let's keep yeah. Let's get back. But during that time, like my younger, you know, twelve to whatever, like Northern Exposure also came out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And and my mom loved Northern Exposure, and I actually like Northern Exposure a lot too. It's I rewatched it um, probably like ten years ago, and um, it's a really good show. It's really clever and funny. But for some reason, in my mind, I thought they were the same show. I thought Northern Exposure was just another version of Twin Peaks, like. You know what I mean? Like when like two a spinoff? Shows, no, no, not like a spinoff. But you know yeah. when two shows come out, like CSI is and, and NCIS are basically the same show. Okay. 
but they're different shows. You know what I mean? This so is, I, this is a pretty awful excuse to not. But no, have I just seen I, show. Well, I was a young kid. So anyway, so <clears throat> when I got older, I just never occurred to me to watch Twin Peaks because no one talked about it besides you, and then like and, and our friend, our mutual friend John Lorenz loves Twin Peaks. But we didn't really hang out with him enough, or I didn't anyways, to, to ever make it a thing. And then when it came out on Netflix, I mean, I was like, oh, okay, well, now I have no excuse. I have to watch this show. Yeah. But um, then, like, they put out all these other things on Netflix. I don't know if you know, there's a lot of options. <laughs> and, then you had a, and then you had a child, which I had a child, slows things down. And then they started streaming A League of Their Own. And oh, yeah. Yep. So I watched I that pretty much every night. <clears throat> So yeah, so there's just it's been one thing after another. Well, that I'm, I'll just say I'm glad. I'm glad that I think this is going to be fun to kind of go well, through this <laughs> with someone who's seen it too many times, like me, and someone who hasn't. And and so we'll see. We'll see if I can get you through <laughs> all of it. That's going to be the thing. If I can get you through 30 episodes, and we can uh-huh. watch the movie, and then we can watch the the new series when it comes out uh, next year. But I think I have a feeling I'm just going to be like defending. 30 hours of television to you. And, well, and, that, and that'd be best case scenario if I can get you to watch all of it. Oh no, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it. Um, I mean, I sat through freaking Inland Empire, so I'll sit through anything. Wait, did you really watch Inland Empire? <laughs> yes, a long, long time ago. Who? Um, uh, now, probably a year after Because I was going to ask you what Lynch you've seen. Um, I, I, this I, is I, almost... I, we got, I have to kind of like... We're going to... Uh, I could almost make a whole podcast about like that that movie oh, <laughs> and, I hate and Twin Peaks because it's like oh it was really difficult as a Lynch fan to watch that yeah and I think about it a lot when I think about the new series and I don't really want to talk about the new series because even just like the most basic of information is kind of spoiler for people who haven't seen original Twin Peaks but the last thing Lynch did was in Inland Empire so it's like <laughs> I think about like when you think about like artists or athletes like whatever the last thing they did is most likely to be what you're going to see next yeah and so it's a little terrifying because inland empire is a trip man it's hard to watch i fell asleep yes (laughs) how many times okay (laughs) i might have fell asleep during the credits and then like the opening credits and then uh I, I, i honestly could not recap that movie for you <laughs> if I sat down and tried because every time I sit back and I think about it, I think about Mulholland Drive. Yeah. And I get the two very intertwined because I fell asleep in both of them, except for in the lesbian scene in Mulholland Drive. Okay. I was wide awake for that. <laughs> um, but I was also, what, 21 at the time? It was the greatest thing you could see in a theater. Sure. And uh, yeah, but I've seen. Um, uh, I've seen uh, what's the other ones he's done? Social Network. I saw that. Okay. <laughs> All right. No, let's go over. So he did. Uh, so a razor head was his first. Movie. Never saw that. That one's that one's on the uh, harder to get. That's like on the like Lynch fan side of of his movies. Elephant Man was his like next one that was very kind of that was a bigger open like you know I, I, more I people saw. have seen that than. I saw yeah. that, but not, but, but, you know, years and years ago. Okay. And then Dune, he did Dune. Never saw Dune. A lot of people don't like Dune. And I, I kind of have seen it a couple of times. I'm kind of like, I don't remember if I like it or hate it. Um, Blue Velvet, which is great. That's now, which one is that the one with uh, Dennis Hopper? 
Yes. Okay, I've seen Blue Velvet. And, and I... So Kyle MacLachlan. So it's important because Kyle MacLachlan was in Dune. Um, and I don't know if that was like his first film, but that was the first time he worked with David. And then Blue Velvet, he did. Now, hold on, hold on. This is just a rule for the podcast. Are we just going to call him David, or do you want to do David Lynch? Oh, well, I think people know who I'm talking about right now. Okay, we're all right. Just, I just want to make sure how formal we're getting. Well, I think this, this kind of gets us in. I wanted to start talking about how Twin Peaks came about. Um, so Lynch had done those movies up to Blue Velvet, and um, he at the time met Mark Frost. So Twin Peaks, if you guys don't know, uh, it's David Lynch, Mark Frost. Those are the two guys who created it. Uh, Lynch, we just talked about. Frost was a writer for Hill Street Blues. Have you seen Hill Street Blues? Um, I, you know what? They used to re-air them. Um, I forget on what, but they used to re-air them and I would, I would catch them yeah. sometimes because they would play them before I think it was like WGN would play them before Say by the Bell came on at like two, you know. <laughs> so you'd always Why? catch like, yeah, it was really weird. That's weird. So I, so I saw I, some of them. I don't. I don't think I've seen it ever. But in doing some of the research for the podcast, so like Frost was a writer, and then and Dave, David Milch. TV. David Milch was a writer too. He did Deadwood. Oh yeah, 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 and he's one like that's one of my favorite shows. So I'm kind of like curious to go back and maybe watch. Like I think even there were some episodes that Frost and Milch wrote together, which for me is like that's two of my favorite shows. So I, I may have Frost to, like, and Milch together. I may have to go back, and uh, we may have to do a Hill Street Blues podcast when we're done with this. <laughs> <laughs> so. Wait, so, anybody that watched Hill Street Blues does not know how to work iTunes. There's no <laughs> way. <laughs> Come on, all of our uncles love iTunes and oh, podcasts. Big fans of Zunes. So they got, uh, I think, a mutual agent uh, introduced Mark and David, and they started writing some screenplays that never got picked up. And so at the time, uh, Lynch had problems making his next film, and so they like came up with some ideas to pitch to TV. And so that's kind of the, a lot of people think about Twin Peaks. Well, why would Lynch do TV? This is like not his thing. It was business. At the time, he couldn't get something made. I think he was having trouble with his film contract. So they, they had a couple ideas. And apparently one of them was like a Ghostbusters kind of show where uh -huh. there's these people from like a lost city and the FBI are trying to find them using like Ghostbusters technology. And oh my gosh, please Lynch Frost, when you're done making season three of Twin Peaks, make your Ghostbusters because that sounds awesome. Well, like, somebody beat him to it. It's called Men in Black. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually it was Men in Black. Never mind. That, yeah. that was the show they pitched. And uh, someone else ended up making it. No, I'm kidding. What if, what if David Lynch directed Men in Black, but with the same <laughs> cast? Like, same like same cast. What if he actually did direct it as like a ghost director? We didn't know that. We didn't know. What if Lynch yeah. has this like super just like mainstream, like, you know, like he wants to make those films too, but he doesn't want anyone to know. You're telling me that David Lynch <laughs> is also Barry Levinson? Because I could believe that. You never see those two in the you same. Never. So, so that didn't work. They they pitched that, and they I think they wanted to just do it as a movie, and I, the team the network wanted to do it as a whole show, and Lynch didn't want to do that. So they came up with this idea. Um, apparently, so Mark Mark Frost's family had like this cabin and a lake, and there was a story about a dead girl washed up on shore like a long time ago. So that was kind of the the genesis of this idea. 
Um, so they pitched it to ABC, who back in like the 80s was like they were the worst of the three. There was only like three networks. Um, mm-hmm. This was like before Fox, I think. I think right around the time that Twin Peaks came on, Fox was doing programming, but it wasn't like every night. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Like Fox had like a couple shows on like the weekends and that was... Well, that's what, uh, I mean, that's what you, remember UPN? Yes. That's what UPN did. They would go like, KUSI would turn into UPN at night. That's so weird. Yeah, it's really weird. This. Um, so they made this, They so ABC bought it, they went on and made a pilot, um, and then this thing aired uh, in 1990 on April 8th. Um, can you guess, this is great, can you guess what show it aired after? On ABC on Sunday nights. What time? Do you know what time? Yes, it, it was at nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. Wow, goodness gracious. I want to say, well, no, if ABC was the worst network, it couldn't have been a big show. On Sunday nights? Yes. The, so the show aired on Thursdays normally, but the pilot was like the movie of the week. They, they aired it on a Sunday. I'm going to take a weird guess and just say, like, Circus of the Stars. No, it was definitely back-to-back episodes of America's Funniest Home Videos. (laughs) So you had an hour of Bob Saget talking over your, like, dad getting hit in the crotch of the baseball bat, Uh followed by, at the time, the weirdest thing that's ever been on TV, probably at that point. I can't, yeah, I mean... Isn't that great yes. though? Isn't that aw- I'd like oh, I love that. It's almost like I, it feels like David Lynch wanted it that way. I was like, "What? Well, we're going on Sunday? All right, only if it's after Bob Saget." Only after Bob Saget. So, and also it aired against um Murder she wrote and uh NBC was showing Jesus of Nazareth at that night. So it was third place, no, no doubt. No, it actually was the number one uh it was actually the number one movie for that entire season. Uh, the rate the ratings were really good for the pilot. Wow! And, wow! But they I'm got impressed. they only got worse from this point on. Um, so well, then I'm excited to keep watching. <laughs> so I mean, I'm talking about the ratings. So the uh, it's important because this is a little tricky. When the episodes came out on video, like they were on videotape first, the pilot wasn't included in most sets. So the second episode like after the pilot is normally known as episode one and the pilot is only known as pilot. But because most people are going to watch this on Netflix, the pilot is episode one. So we'll, well, I'm going to name, I'm going to give the title of it so people can like know where they're at, but we're watching the pilot for this episode and Mm -hmm. it's a little confusing. But anyway, if you're watching it on like the DVD or the Blu-ray, it may say pilot. And then the second episode is episode one. So, um, Sorry, I didn't. I'm not in charge of naming the episodes. Yes. So this one was directed by Lynch and written by uh, Lynch and and Frost. So um, Lynch and Frost. Yeah, and this all takes place on February 24th in the year 1989. Most of the episodes are like one day over one episode. So. Oh, is um, that the theme? That well, that is uh, that's not the theme, but that's kind of how they decided to make this show. So, okay. um, yeah, let's let's go into it. Are you ready? Yeah, man. I mean, I you, 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 know, you want to tell me what you what you think first before we start? 
yeah, I guess we can. Like, I don't, you know, you can ask me whatever you want to ask me, but I have a lot of questions for you being a huge fan of the show. Like, when's the last time you watched this? So the show? last time I watched it, like sat down and watched the whole thing, it's been a while. It's probably been like six years. I watched the entire thing while I was mixing my album last, like two years ago, but I didn't listen to most of it. I just like had it on. Mm-hmm. in the background because I like to not totally focus on my work ever. So, um, <laughs> Sorry, so, I'm adjusting my mic. I'm sorry for the no, noise. That's fine. So it's been a while um, since I actually sat and listened. I think it was with uh, my wife at the time, my girlfriend. I was like, oh, you have to watch a show. That might have been the last time <clears throat> that I actually watched the whole thing. So I'm excited to, okay. to watch it again. But uh, I will tell people that earlier today you called me and you're like, I'm 27 minutes in. And I'm not sure if I hate it or not. And I'll, I'll be honest, I got kind of excited because I think if you, I, it, I think this is more fun if maybe you're skeptical and and cautious. <laughs> then there's just so, and people know, like if if you found this podcast, just like searching, there's a lot of Twin Peaks podcasts where two guys or two a guy and a girl or two girls go back and watch the whole thing, but. I think it's cool because you haven't seen it, and you may hate it, and that might be the our angle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think okay, you've so you've watched it. How many times have you watched the series? The, the series total, probably five or six times. That I've watched the pilot probably more, and I've watched the pilot a lot because you and I have supposed to, we were supposed to do this podcast about four times now, and yeah. I, I would watch it and be ready to go, and then you'd be like. I have to cancel. So I've seen it a lot yeah. lately. Okay. Um, okay. So, oh man, where do I start? I mean, from the opening credits, I didn't know what was going on. Like the there was credits, are, uh, there credits was, are great. It's like it, the it's very the Lynch is kind of the nature. You have the bird, and then the like saws. Like that's his whole thing. It's very like you know, industrial with the nature and the two of them meeting together. Yeah, Sean, it was three minutes of us, of guys cutting saws, using saws to cut Dude, through I, wood. I counted the, the, um, the number of actors' names they have in it, and it's 22 actors are listed in the credits. Well, they use sawmill footage for about 20 of those actors' names. And then all of a sudden, we go to like a bubbling brook, and uh, and there's two and there's there's a, a street. Uh huh. Um, I mean, honest, I can't. I, I couldn't. It was like it was almost like remember when you used to watch Conan? I, I and yes. Would, so Conan would do these things when he was still on NBC. I think it was Conan where he'd do like late night TV or something, and it would like it just seemed like it was gonna. We were watching some like softcore porn from like the eighties. Where like they were just leaving footage together long <laughs> enough before they showed the first boob. I, it was really weird. And the music, Sean, we need to talk about the music. <laughs> well, you have like, okay, let's talk about the fact that like it's impossible to watch the show and not have it feel very 1989. Oh, like, it's so 1989. It is. Now I will say this because on the flip side of like, how come you never watched Twin Peaks? I just recently watched The Sopranos. Uh-huh. And that felt old to me. And I know that's like 10 years kind of younger than Twin Peaks. But I, when I watched that and I was like, this feels old, I went, man, I bet you Twin Peaks feels even older. The music is all that kind of synthy music. 
And the vibe of this whole show is like very 80s, right on that cusp of 80s, 90s, like, but somehow meets the 50s because that's where Lynch like permanently lives. Like he, I think he was a child in the 50s was like all of his things have that kind of 50s vibe to it. But it, yeah. you can't watch this without feeling, you know, it was shot in like the square, you know, uh, it's not 16.9, it's whatever this, like the TVs we used to have when we were kids. So you you <laughs> definitely have to get past, you have to go into this with the like knowledge that this is an older show. Well, no, no, listen, I, I was totally prepared <laughs> for it to be an older show. So that's that wasn't throwing me off. The whole like 50s aspect of it is throwing me off a little bit so far how there's like the greasers kind of (laughs) versus the bikers yes (laughs) and there's the you know and the girls are like basically wearing like poodle skirts yes um so there's that aspect of it and i and i'm you know whatever it's david lynch i i'm i'm not i didn't think i was going into it you know on like on the level, like I know there's going to be a lot of weird twists and turns, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, interesting choices. Yeah, um, but the music is just—it's always happening. It's very. I was I was listening. Um, I was watching it and like listening with headphones, and it's like really dark for like forty, uh, not forty, like eighty percent of the show. It's just like the saddest music. Yeah. And it's, I mean, we talked about this earlier. It's like a really sad episode. I mean, this whole show, the premise is this girl is killed and they're trying to figure out who did it. I mean, it's, you know, there's definitely like humor and I think that's a big part of the show. But overall, like this is not the feel good hit of the summer. This is a, like a serious, sad, and especially this pilot episode, it's very emotional. The whole first act is like just people crying, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's. If you're not up for this, if you're not ready, like we we can put this on hold until <laughs> we can watch something happier. Like if you want to watch some kids in the hall and do that first. No, listen. Now stop. If you want to do a Tommy Boy podcast, you just have to ask me. <laughs> I will the thing okay, and this is now this is my honest question. Just okay. watching the first, you know, 10 minutes of the show. Yes. And because this seems seems like something that that David Lynch would do, so I want to know. I'm not trying to be mean at all about the show. Yeah. Does he purposefully like hire bad actors? <laughs> no. Uh, no, and explain because like there's only in to me in this pilot there's only like one kind of pretty bad performance, and that person gets significantly better. So I'm curious who you think is bad. Well, I thought the worst person was the sheriff. Aunt Keen is bad? I thought he was pretty From bad. From Slapshot? No. This isn't Slapshot, Sean. <laughs> oh, it's exactly Slapshot. <laughs> uh, oh, maybe I'm watching wow. the wrong show. <laughs> you know, I've never ever thought Aunt Keen is bad in this at all. So, I thought he was just very... I I, I felt like at every moment... Every overly sad moment, he was just on the verge of like breaking into laughing. <laughs> like, just watch it. If you watch it again, like anytime someone's like crying and he has to comfort them, it just looks like he's about to just break. Yeah. And it, well, I will so I say, really- I will say that some of it's like I never feel that way, but I think when I think about the show as a whole, it's like this is the pilot. These are people trying to like 
they're just figuring out these characters. Sure, sure. So sure. I think like there's at least there's one, and we'll get to him later, that gets a lot better because I feel like he finds the kind of what he's supposed to be. But that's interesting. I've never thought about Ankeen being bad in this at all. In fact, he's like one of people's favorite characters. So. Well, I can listen again. You're gonna. This is this is probably gonna be harder for you than you think, because you're gonna have me. Question no, that's a lot that's the. Things. No one would listen to me just t- talk about how much I like the show. Yeah. No one's gonna listen to the two of us talk about how much I like it and you don't like it anyway. But I'm saying a lot less people would. <laughs> we're not gonna get any of that KPBS bump. So, um, well, so I, this this is what I'm interested in is your your thoughts on this. So on Keen, you don't you're not a fan of who else? Is there anyone else that you? Yeah, I mean, you know, because there's like, some to me. There's really great actors and some great performances in the show. So well, here's the biggest thing. I'm so I'm gonna be going. I'm gonna jump all over the place. Um, so hey, hold on one second, Sean. Okay. I gotta say goodnight to the kiddo. Say goodnight. Hold on. All right. It is way too late for your daughter to be up. What? No, man. Eight forty-five. That's bedtime. Okay, let's keep going. Um. Yeah. So I forgot what I was saying. But so I didn't like him very much. I, but I feel like he's one of those guys that's going to get better. Like, um, I don't mean to equate it to Northern Exposure again. It, true or false? You've seen all of Northern Exposure. Yes. And true or false? You like Northern Exposure? Not every episode, but I enjoy <laughs> it as a show. I don't think this is going to work out between us. <laughs> Well, let, let me do this. Well, my thought was I kind of wanted to go through the episode and then you can kind of... Because okay. right. I'm not only doing this for you, but also for people who have maybe haven't seen this before or who have and maybe would want to know more. Sure. Yeah. I got three minutes. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and just so people know, we're, the, this first episode of our podcast is going to be the first half of the pilot because it's, it's long. So anyway, um, so the show opens up. It's funny. The first episode, if you had to like ask me what the first shot is, in my mind, it's always just... Joan Chen, you know, the actress who plays uh, Josie Packard, she's looking in the mirror. Yeah. But that's not true. The first shot is actually some ducks on the water. And I instantly thought of you and I thought the Sopranos. I'm like, that's the first shot in the Sopranos of the ducks. Yeah. But, <clears throat> but then that's not true either because the first th- scene in the Sopranos is he's at uh, the psychiatrist's office. So yes, I which I actually lost a bet on another podcast that the first scene was the ducks. Which uh, is funny. You really? So I don't. So apparently, I don't know either of these shows. So maybe people yeah. should stop listening to us. There's a podcast called uh, called Life's a Binge, which they they talk about. Oh yeah. TV shows and movies and stuff like that. And I was a guest to talk about The Sopranos because you know Sopranos is my all time favorite show. Sure. And I lost a bet. They I said no. The Ducks are the first thing, and they go nope. It's a psychiatrist. It's like no, that's not true. And they literally brought it up on the TV as we were sitting there, and I lost ten bucks. I, the same thing happened to me today. So the Ducks are the Ducks in the Sopranos are the uh, is Joan Chen in uh, in Twin Peaks. So anyway, uh, we get through that, and then also James Gandolfini is in the fir- he's in the first shot of Twin Peaks of Twin Peaks. Yeah. <laughs> so. There's this kind of great moment. Do you so have you seen this guy Jack Nance in anything else? He's he's the guy who was in Eraserhead. He plays the main character, um, the one who is who discovers the body. He's like one of Lynch's guys. Like he's been in like everything he'd done. Have you seen oh, him he, in anything? Is he a main? Is he a main character? He, uh, there, uh, the thing about this show is there's in the like there's like five thousand people who live in the town and they're all in the show, so oh, yeah. it's hard main character i mean he is as much as anyone else there's basically like 
Agent Cooper, and then there's everyone else. Gotcha. You know, they're all, it's all such an ensemble, and you have to follow everyone's line. So, um, well, I, I haven't seen that dude in anything else. He's great, though. I, he's amazing. And he, he passed away a few years ago, but uh, I love Jack Nance. And um, so he finds the body and he calls the sheriff. And the, that scene where, so they're in the sheriff's office, and Lucy's telling the sheriff where she's going to place the call. Do you remember this? Uh, where she's like, going to transfer the call. Yes, and it's so yeah. long and like way like unnecessary, and I love it. I just love that. Like to me, that's them kind of setting the stage for like this is not going to go easy for any of you watching this. It's like well, I, I they, was, I was, it, you would easily just cut to him getting the phone, but she's like, "I'm going to transfer to that phone over there." Like it's so long. I was going to ask you if phone transferring was a theme throughout the series because. <laughs> They they do a lot of phone there's, transfer scenes in this episode. There's a few moments in this pilot where they're so deliberately slow, and yeah. I think it's great. It's just, it's unique and um, much like the opening s- credits. I could see why it would maybe annoy someone who wasn't enjoying themselves. Um, well, as a, in that scene too, part of me was like, "Well, this is Lynch. This is Lynch's kind of humor." Yes, and I'm like, but. I, I don't know the show. I don't, you know, I hear people, I've heard people talking about it over the years, but I try not to listen to too much of it because I don't want it spoiled. I always sure. plan on watching it. So I was kind of like, okay, wait, now is this kind of a funny show? Like I didn't know. Yes. It it has, to me, it has a lot of moments of, of humor. And I think it's because it's so dark that it can, it can work the way it does. This kind of, a, there's a lot of absurd moments. Yes. Oh, there's one absurd moment in the first 10 minutes that, made me simultaneously love the show okay. and want to turn and then want to turn it off. <laughs> do you want to tell me what it is or do you want to wait till I get there? Well, you can get there, okay. but I feel like you're going to guess it. <clears throat> okay. So, um, so they, they call the sheriff, they call the doctor. So the doctor is Warren Frost, right? Uh, and he is Mark's dad. And as a baseball fan, you'll get this. This is, uh, Lucas Giolito's grandfather. Lucas Giolito, who was the number one prospect in baseball last year, I think he's like three or four now. Wow. But Mark Frost is his uh, uncle, and uh, Warren Frost, who uh, is the doctor, he is um, he is his, his grandfather. grandfather. Yeah. That's cool. Isn't That's that cool? awesome. There's a lot of really weird, like, this guy's related to this person, you know, in the show. Well, so. there's two people in the show that when we get to them... If you get to, if you don't get to them, I'll get to them because I can't believe that they're in it. But go ahead. Okay, so that's Doc Hayward. Um, so anyway, they get the sheriff there. Um, I was thinking about like Cheryl Lee plays Laura Palmer, and she had to actually film that where she's like out there in the cold, naked, and that would have been pretty awful. Yeah, it would have been pretty awful. <laughs> Especially when they rolled her over on her face. That would have been the worst part. Well, I think at the time, she didn't know if this show was going to get picked up or anything. It's like her one part in this in the show. She ends up being she ends up having a role in the show, and you'll see. But um, but at the time, it was like, this is all you're going to do is just get hypothermia out by a log. Um, yeah. Well, when they told her it was for ABC, I'm sure she was like, yeah, no problem. <laughs> Wrap me up. Wait, is this going to air after two episodes of... <laughs> How much Bob Saget are we getting before this? Two episodes? Okay. Now, do you Um, think Bob Saget slept with her? Do you think that's a thing, too, that maybe happened? Oh, I think at the time he had, like, free reign to do whatever Bob Saget wanted. At the time, I think he still does. So, the next part is them. 
they they ID the body as as uh, Laura Palmer, and so it's mm-hmm. them trying to get a hold of of the family. Um, uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Which is pretty. It's pretty rough because. It's... Oh. <laughs> oh, Sean. <laughs> so it's Sarah Palmer trying to call. Like she calls her the the boyfriend Bobby Briggs's house, which not, the scene opens. With the wife just massaging the dad's shoulders. <laughs> I love it. While he Wait, reads isn't the that, paper. Is that not how your wife uh, starts your morning every day? Rubbing your shoulders well, in the kitchen? Nope. If you were in, if you were in the military, like Major well, Briggs, I do maybe. Wear, I do wear a uniform. If if you were in the military, then you would earn it, but you, you were not. Yeah, you're right. I'm not. I don't serve my country, so I don't get the massages in I, the kitchen. I love when she calls the football coach and she's like hangs up on him mid, like mid-sentence. Um <laughs> she she is amazing in this show and like this scene is it's it's so intense it's kind of hard to deal with um uh yeah you could put it that way you could put it that way so they get to uh so the great northern hotel is that's the thing you see in the credits that's where um they call that's where uh so leland her dad laura palmer's dad works and mm-hmm. then ben horn who owns it um, and so, did you get this connection? Who is that? Who is Ben Horn? Wait, in real life? Yes. Yeah, so this is amazing This to is me. your connection, by the way. This is my connection. Yes. Uh, you know, you would never guess by listening to me, probably, but a West Side Story is my favorite movie of that, all time. Like, you have a tattoo that says West Side Story on your arm, right? Don't you? I have four tattoos, and they all say <laughs> West Side Story. But So, the, who... The, yeah, they, they... Go ahead. Well, he, he's Tony from West Side Story. Benjamin Horn. Yes. Uh, his his real name is Richard uh, Richard Niemer. Me- Beam- Richard Beamer. Richard Beamer. Yes. And uh, and then Rest Hamblin's also in this yes. too. Yes. Riff. Riff. Riff and Tony from Womb to Tomb. And they talk about. I, I know Lynch. Like that was like on purpose that they did this, and it's like they did it for you. And so I just figured like you'd love you would love that. <laughs> I actually really did. I re- like <laughs> when the when when Horn comes out. I'm yeah. like, is that Tony? From- <laughs> And then, like, I looked up on IMDb to find out if that was Tony, and then I saw Russ Tamlin's name. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I know, on? I know. And then Russ so, Tamlin's character so far is the... He's great. He's really sure. great. I, I and you know gets... who, do you know who Russ Tamlin is? David Cross's father-in-law. Yeah, because Amber Tamlin is there his There you wife. go. So that's another kind of weird connection, like G- Lucas Giolito. There's more. So this <laughs> scene... This, so the scene where... It's like they call the Great Northern and Leland takes the phone call and it's like the sheriff shows up and it's like all of this stuff where no one's saying anything, but you know what's happening and it's so intense. And then that scream, um, Uh Sarah Palmer screams, the worst thing that's ever happened. Pretty bad. Uh, I, when I was kind of going through this and like, thinking about this day it was on a sunday and i was thinking about someone who's got like watched football all day probably got like or maybe not football whatever got drunk watched america's funny some videos like fell asleep with this on and then like was awoken to the sound of that scream and just like <laughs> terrified <laughs> oh it's pretty bad yeah, that scene for me was um was really hard to watch only because i like I don't know. I, I feel like there was this moment in television history, especially in like the late '80s, early '90s, where like over being over dramatic was still king. Yeah, you know where there wasn't a lot of like levels. It was like either you were intense 
or you are upset or you are happy. Like there yeah. wasn't a lot of, and so it was just like so much in one scene. And I was, and I got it and I, and I, and I thought it was the woman, uh, the, the mom. Yeah. Was very sad. And, and I was like, and she, I, you know, over the phone, he drops the phone and you can hear her just like crying and screaming on the other end of the phone. Uh, I thought that was a very interesting and cool scene, but yeah, I mean, it was the same thing where like the sheriff was talking to the dad and I felt like at any moment the sheriff was just going to bust out laughing. Like it was, <laughs> I have to like, go back and watch cause I never, ever got that from him. Yeah. It was real weird. That's it was weird. really weird. But you know, but then you know, uh, Richard Beamer walked in, and something's coming. I don't know what it is. <laughs> they're trying. Very excited. He's, he's like, uh, they're trying to pitch a deal to the Norwegians. You know, so this is all bad timing on Leland's part for his daughter to die. Yeah, well, <laughs> terrible timing. <laughs> so, um, is there ever really a good time for your daughter to die? No, no, it's awful. That's a whole. It's just that that scene's. Like I said, the first, there's no relief for a long time, I feel like. Um, the, just the first act is pretty rough. So um, from there, we go to the, the diner, the double R. Yep. Um, and Norma Jennings, who is uh, Peggy Lipton, who was in the Mod Squad, and is also Rashida Jones's mom, and she married the man who produced Thriller. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Quincy Jones, yeah. She's in the show, and that's cool. Um, so you get, like, the greaser, Bobby, Bobby and Shelly. Um, the thing about this show that's funny is, like I said, the originally this show was supposed to be, like, Twin Peaks is, like has, like, 5,000 people. But mm. then ABC was like, well, it needs to be, like, more because people won't relate. So I think the population sign says like fifty thousand, but the show still feels like it's five thousand. Yeah. Um, and they're all like making out with someone else. Like they're all cheating on each other. Like they're oh, they're yeah, all yeah, yeah. they're all all five thousand of them are in the show, and they're all seeing someone else behind the well, other one's back. What's that? Uh, there's that one. John Oliver, I think, did an episode of um, of uh, Ashley. Did an episode about Ashley Madison. Oh, Ashley Madison, yeah. And there's like a town in Canada, a, a pretty big city in Canada, like Quebec or Montreal or something, that has the largest users of Ashley Madison. Yeah. And it's something like one in three people are on Ashley Madison. <laughs> it's like, so yes. the chances of you cheating on you, on your wife is probably pretty good. Like, you are cheating on your wife if you live in Montreal. This is like pre-Ashley Madison. Like, no one needed it because they were all just making it happen on their own. It was pretty great. Yeah, I noticed that that was like a theme. That and phone uh, transitions. Yeah, we're gonna put the place the call. I'm gonna start doing that to you when I call you. I'm gonna I'm gonna call <laughs> your Skype on your laptop, not on your Mac. Um, so I love when Bobby leaves. He plays a song on the jukebox that's like way too loud. Like I don't. If yeah, you missed yeah. it, he puts it on, and it's just like the jukebox is cranked way too loud for like a small little diner where there's only <laughs> yeah, like you hear six it people. Outside. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's great. Um, and so Bobby and Shelley, um, and I don't remember if you see them go towards her house, and they have to stop because her husband's there. 
Yeah, they have to stop. They're going to their house. And then he was like, you know, he's like, hey, you said he was going to be gone. And she's like, yeah, he's gone totally. And then they see the the truck. So Leo, that's our, we don't see Leo, but that's our first introduction to Leo. We Um, don't see him then. We see him later. We see him later. We'll talk about Leo later because I want to talk about Leo later. (laughs) Okay. So the next thing is uh, they show Leland IDing the body and it's very tragic and he's crying. Um the school, when you get to the school, yeah, I lo- this is great. Uh, there's a lot of humor, and there's also just like some really heartbreaking stuff. Um, there's that scene where J- so we meet James and Donna and Audrey. So we see Audrey first, I think. And like mm-hmm. you said, she's got the like Oxford shoes on and the poodle skirt, yeah. And then, um, James and Donna, and James is like so awkward, and he's like, Nice day for a picnic. And she's like, yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's that's so, really strange. it's so awkward, but I think like my take on it is it's kind of important because James, everything changes as soon as everyone finds out Laura dies and James is one of the biggest. So like James is this like goofy, like nice day for a picnic. And then like 20 minutes later, he's this like brooding emo biker, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, his yeah, whole yeah. world has changed. So uh, people always cite this line as being like really awkward and it is, but I think it's important because it shows like what the, everyone's world is about to flip upside down. Um, and I love after that scene where you see that kid doing the yeah, dance. This is, this is the scene. <laughs> that was you. That was totally Stop you in high school. <laughs> yes, it was. This is the scene where I like, I see the kid like kind of dancing by the locker <laughs> and then he turns around and just does the weird, like, Armworm oh, thing. It's so great. It's so and I'm great. like, and simultaneously, Sean, I was like, I want to turn this off, <laughs> but I can't stop. But like, that's quit. the funniest thing I've seen someone do on a show that's supposed to be serious. And that is why this show is so great, is because if it didn't have those moments, it would just be way too heavy. It was it's really already, weird. It's already really heavy, but there's these moments in the show that make it funny. And they're so funny because of how dark everything else, like the underlying subtext. But I love it. And I love thinking of David Lynch going, let's try it one more time with the weird arm dance. Like, that's my really bad <laughs> David Lynch impression. But <laughs> that, kid, the weird arm that kid is great. And he should have won an Emmy uh, for that. Um, he should have won an Emmy. <laughs> I feel like, I, I don't know. I, oh, my God. There's just so many things I want to say about that one individual movement, <laughs> but I don't. Know I want to, to say. find out who that. Ki- I want to find that that kid, and I want to get him on this podcast and interview. It's him. probably Paul Giamatti. It's. <laughs> That's who it looks like, a young Paul Giamatti. I don't think it's Paul Giamatti. Well, you don't um, know though. Do we'll you? do some here at Dish in the Percolator. We'll do some research and see if we can get worm arm dancing kid on our podcast. So yeah, we go from scene. jokey the jokey scene to the like to me what is almost the most serious scene, and that's the inside the class they're taking roll, and there's this moment of the the officer comes in and says is Bobby Briggs in this class? She says no, and he says I want to like kind of has her come over and whisper something in her ear. So there's this really kind of quick he's whispering something in her ear. Donna looks over and sees a chair is empty, and then this girl in the courtyard screams and runs across, and mm-hmm. instantly Donna knows Laura's dead. And it's amazing how, like, 
directing wise, how that all plays. Um, Cause again, there's no words being said. You don't hear that she's dead, but the way she puts it together is remarkable and like really powerful. And um, as much as like Laura Flynn Boyle has been given a hard time, like I think she's really good in this show. Um, Wait, why is she giving a hard time? Well, I think because later on she got kind of weird in plastic surgery. Um, well, I think she lo- I think she looks great. <laughs> but I was thinking about her, and I'm like, you know, the things that she's been in, like Men in Black too. Wait a minute, maybe you're right. Maybe David Lynch. See? Did but like, okay, think about the things. Like I know her from this, and I know her from like Wayne's World, and she's amazing in those things. Yeah, she's had kind of a weird career. But she I think had, she- but she had kind of a weird like tabloidy post-career like Jack Nicholson thing. And I just don't want to think about that stuff because she's great in this. Um, so far, she's good, yeah. So but far, this I like scene, I think this scene's amazing and it's just like it's perfectly well-written and then like the way it's directed. And that girl screaming, you don't even know if she, it's that has anything to do with Laura's death. But um, it's like, it's just amazing. I thought that um, that scene's like one of my favorites. And, um, yeah, it is. A, I mean, it's one of those scenes where it's like you kind of I feel like it really sets a tone of like people just kind of I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how to explain it, but it just sets a tone for the show where you as a viewer know what's going on and the people are on the show are learning what's going on. But no one's saying anything. Like you said, it's all quiet and done without words. It's almost the same as the phone call when they tell his dad. Yeah. Or tell her dad where he, the the, uh, the sheriff never says the words, yeah. she's dead. He just says, my daughter's dead when when uh, Beamer walks in. Yes. And You can so call I, him Tony if you want. I think people at this point will follow along. <laughs> Tony. We can call but him I, Tony, Tony and Riff. <laughs> okay, good. But they, they you know. It, so I think there's this tone where it's like you, everyone's going to find out at their own pace. Yeah. Even though you know what's going on, you know, like you were saying that there's a lot of slow moving parts that I've noticed so far with just this first episode where I'm like, it was kind of almost annoying. Sure. That I'm like, just get to it. Like when they're like you, when they cut to the principal's office and they're like, you need to say something like rumors are flying around. I'm like, yes, you definitely need to say something. Cause he goes now. And he's like, yes, now would be the best <laughs> yeah. time. Like, and the so poor weird. principal and that like just blubbering speech where he's just crying at the end of it. Well, that but was I the mean, best. I don't know. You know, I like the show is very, it's very melodramatic. It's very soap opera. That was kind of, it was on purpose. Um, so it's just not kind of how shows are made now. So it's a little off. Going back to what we were talking about with like, it feels old. The music's all synth, synthy. Um, that's another thing. It's very, you know, there's so many different plot lines going on. It's very soap opera, um, soap opera esque. Is that the correct? That would be the correct. Okay, but anyway, um, so yeah, so we get to that scene where. Um, I, but I think it also, I was going to say, it tells you a lot about her where everyone knows she's dead. kind of tells mm-hmm. you like a little bit about her. We don't know anything about her really at this point, but you kind of do because if everyone just kind of goes, oh, it's Laura, like she was into some things, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, ma- it made sense to people that it was her. And so we know that at least at this point. Um, 
Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. See, it's hard because you have so much background. Yeah, no, no, no. I know, but I'm saying like, doesn't that, but like that to me, even if I hadn't seen it, and I don't, I don't know. I mean, at this point, I didn't see the pilot first. So like, when I watched the pilot, I had already known a lot. But I'm just saying, in watching it, to me, when you see this and everyone reacting the way they're reacting, they knew Laura was kind of troubled or in trouble, like you know. Right? Don't you don't you, you feel that? You okay? Are you going to die? I told you I might die. Okay, please don't die. Um that is uh yeah, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. I told you I get what you're saying. There's there's this weird thing about her that is spread around but nobody knows but everybody knows. But that's kind of like the theme of the show is that everybody knows but nobody knows. There's a lot of secrets happening in this town. It's a lot of secrets, but it's a lot of secrets that like once it's said, people go, "Oh yeah, like totally." Makes sense. You know, like, um, Laura, I knew Laura better. I mean, that's near the, the end of the episode. But I knew Laura better than Laura thought I knew Laura. No, no, yeah. you didn't. No, yeah. yes, I did. Like, you know, it's like a lot of that weirdness happening. She had secrets. She, well, we all have secrets in Twin Peaks. <laughs> so uh, the next scene is they're, uh, they're giving Mrs. Palmer some drugs to calm her down from that, uh, that scream. Um, and the sheriffs are there going through her stuff. They're trying to find, I think, her diary, right? They, found, they find her diary. Um, and then they get a call that there was another student missing. Um, Ronette Pulowski is also missing. So, yes. Um, so that's kind of happening. What's, I think next is they go to uh, the mill... And it's Jack Nance counting two by fours and four by eights, which is fantastic. He's just going two by fours and four by eights. Yeah, that's a really and weird. I, I'd like to have a job where that's what I do. Um, <laughs> there's that kind of standoff between Josie and Catherine because Josie wants to close down the mill because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, Ronette Pulaski's dad works at the mill. So they want to give everyone time off to be with their loved ones. Um, and then after Josie kind of puts her foot down, I love Catherine on the way down. That guy is just staring at her and she's like, what's your name? And you're fired that moment. Um, she's great. Uh, that's Piper Laurie and she's fantastic in this. And I love it. The later on in this episode, how, um, Oh, Aunt Keen, the sheriff describes her as the original deep freeze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so great. Um, so that, that's that next scene. What you were going to say something? Oh, no, I was just saying, like, if we're going to split this up, I texted you. Mm-hmm. But we're, if we're going to split this up, I think yes. we should actually stop before we get to Kyle McLaughlin. Well, I was going to finish this. This act is almost, I was going to finish this act, which is not much longer. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, let, let's keep going. And then we'll. No, end, I just, we'll... yeah, I, I want to, because there's a lot I got to say about Kyle McLaughlin. And unfortunately, we both have families. Well, then um, I think I think we did can Did I say we, unfortunately? I didn't mean it like that. We can do that. The the next scene, um let's end with this then. They end there and we see Ronette cross the bridge. Um mm-hmm. and plot-wise this is important because I've had to kind of figure this out. So they say she crosses the state line and that's what makes it a federal case otherwise the FBI would not be involved. Yeah. Um and they don't say where it's hard to geographically kind of get where Twin Peaks is because they filmed the show kind of outside of Seattle, but apparently it's like 
Twin Peaks in Washington, that's where it is, is like north east corner. So, because it's close to Canada, we get into that later. Uh-huh. But I guess she walked into Idaho. But they don't say that ever, but that's got to be what happened here. So, Ronette Pulaski crosses the bridge, walks into Idaho, and that's what brings uh, Special Agent FBI. Dale Cooper into the scene. And so, um, <laughs> Dale Cooper, we can, we can end there and, uh, we will be back next week with part two of the pilot on dish and the percolator Dallas. Thank you for, uh, Oh dear. Thank I, you for I, taking the time to watch the show with me. I'm really excited. Well, I do want to say like when I called you and said, you know, Hey, like I've, I, I don't know if I hate this show, you the first thing you said, well, has Kyle McLaughlin even gotten on the show yet? <laughs> and and it was a really good thing to say because when he popped in, <clears throat> that's why I was like, we should break before then because when he got in, yeah, I was like, oh, okay, like I have somebody kind There's... of narrating this for me, yes, and not like narrating like spoon feeding me plot, but at least like giving me something to think about because up until that point, it was just watching a lot of people be sad. Watching a lot of teenagers who definitely didn't look like teenagers, <laughs> like <laughs> fighting each other and cheating on each other. And, and uh, the jock character, Bobby Briggs, one of the more unbelievable characters that's ever been written. But we'll get into that more in the second act. And we'll pick up there next week on Dish and the Percolator. <laughs> uh, you can follow us, follow us on Twitter at PercolatorPod, and you can visit us. Um, oh, visit our website, dishandthepercolator.com, and you can send us an email and be like, "You guys don't know what you're talking about," or you can be like, "Hey, I have a question about this," and then maybe we can read it on the air, which is not a real thing because this is a podcast. No, that's great. People should send emails. I. And hopefully people will start watching it if they haven't watched it. If you haven't, yes, if you haven't watched the show, now is the time to watch it with us. Like I said, I'm not going to talk about the next season, but it is going to come out next next year. And so this is like the most exciting time if you're a fan of the show. Um, this is the most exciting time we've had in like 25 years. And I hate people like you who haven't seen it and now get to watch it. And then instantly we'll get to watch the next season because some of us finished this show in the early nineties I've been like waiting and hoping and praying that it would come back and our wish has been granted. So, well, let me just ask you this real quick. Yeah. Without giving away anything, (laughs) were you waiting for the third season? Is it, is it the third season? They haven't called it season three. It's just twin peaks is like returning. But yeah, but if you're asking, yes, there, there were two seasons originally. Are were there's a lot of, were there a lot of unexplained things that you were waiting for? Oh God! <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, All right, good. No, that's what I just wanted that's, to know. It's uh, yeah, you're signing up for a lot, <laughs> and we should just end there. Okay, perfect. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Mm, yeah. Dig that, Kurtz. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Then I saw your face. Then I saw your smile. The sky is still blue. The clouds come and go. Yet something is different. 
Are we falling in love? Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Then your kiss so soft, then your touch so warm. The stars still shine bright, the mountains still high. Yet something is different. Yes, something is different now. The guitar came in. I feel like I'm floating. Floating above a keyboard and a guitar. A guitar. Are we falling in love? Falling. Falling. Are we falling in love? Mmm. That's the ketchup. I like coffee. Donuts. <laughs> Russ Tamblin. <laughs>